Hello. Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hi, Beatrice. It's Rebecca. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Yes. What have you been up to? I've been thinking quite a bit about department stores because of the whole House of Fraser thing this week. And I actually, I was sort of wondering when I've last, you know, they talk a lot about people changing their shopping habits and stuff like that. And I was sort of thinking about myself and how I have used department stores in the Mm. past and how I use them now and just ones that I miss that are not around anymore. So um, I thought I can tell you a bit about some of the ones that I've known and loved and maybe you can... Oh, please, I'd love to know. (laughs) And maybe you can tell me about some you've known and loved. Um, Of course. um, There's one, I want to start with one, which uh, is in my hometown. And what I really love is in German, the the word for department store is Kaufhaus. Oh, that is so nice. Yeah, it's it's a bit... there, there are other words like that. There's, for instance, the hospital is a Krankenhaus, which is a yes, house, house for ill people. Yeah. So, but Kaufhaus obviously a house for buying things, um, which I when I when I when I first came in, I knew about de- when I heard the word department store. I never quite understood what that meant. I now realise it's because of all the different departments, obviously. Yes, but 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 a house for shopping or a house for buying is much more descriptive and it and it kind of links it to the domestic in a way that's really telling yeah so this particular Kaufhaus Kaufhaus Weirauch um that's existed from when I was it's always been there from what I know and it used to have like John Lewis here I guess a massive haberdashery department um which all these with all these wonderful little drawers you know wooden big wooden cabinets with lots of little drawers with glass front oh i love that yeah that had buttons behind it and different kind of zips and all that kind of stuff and then you had to go into a back room up some stairs i think and then there was a back room and that had all the fabrics um so that was really interesting that they they still have a haberdashery department but it's not not as big and but they they're really interesting because every time we go to my hometown we make a point of going to that department store because they have absolutely everything so if you wanted a shower cap which normally i don't need but they would have like eight different ones in different colors and then they they have a big uh makeup and cosmetic department they have a really good sports section so i usually buy my swimming stuff there oh that's good it's massive but the the thing about it is not a lifestyle kind of shop at all it's very basic it's not quite like going to aldi or little but it's not much more than that it's absolutely crammed wow so the rails with the swimming stuff they're totally totally crammed um <laughs> so it's not it doesn't some things aren't made totally easy you know it's not that easy to find things sometimes yeah. and also it's one of these places a bit like liberty well that's the one <laughs> one thing where it is like liberty it's grown so it's really like a labyrinth inside oh. it's sort of spread over different houses and blocks and by now it's got like four or five entrances in various different parts that don't seem connected but somehow are so I love I sort of really love that kind of department store because there's so many things there and it also doesn't make me feel um, like I'm not dressed well enough or anything. It's sort of very, yeah. very democratic, I think, I guess. 
Oh, that's interesting. And do you think, is it is it like on the high street in, in your town? It's adjacent to it. There isn't right. really a sort of, there. there is a, what used to be a street and now was pedestrianised in the 70s, I think, which I guess is a sort of high street, but it's more like a centre of town. So right. more like a few streets all in one area that have the shops and it is, it is there. And does it have, because lots of um, department stores have, like branded sections but it doesn't sound like that one does no it doesn't have that at all uh, so it's completely by the type of goods exactly for instance the other thing it has has the most fantastic sock department and i, I think <laughs> socks are a bit more of a thing in germany i think they are yeah because you get i don't know whether falk is german or austrian or swiss but you know some of the big sock brands i think mm. are, are, are are continental they are that's true mm, wolford i think is also despite yes, its name swiss or something so. i'm just sort of mentally one one of the entrances is it's got the jewellery department, which I quite yeah. like too. It's not massive though. And then the sock department right next to it. Um, yeah, and then it also got a massive um, household goods. About anything. I don't think there's anything much you wouldn't be able to find there. I love those kind of shops. Mm. Though. They're so fascinating. Yeah. But then you've got one near you that is like... Oh, my God, yes. Morley's mm. in Brixton. No, I do really enjoy Morley's because... I, I like, I mean, I like when I go somewhere, particularly in this, well, actually, wherever, I do quite like going to the department store in a town. I mean, it's not as fun as it used to be in the olden days, because they're less and less relevant. But I like it if there's a store that's peculiar to that place, you mm, know, that's yeah. not like a chain. I'm not really, I've never really liked the big chain store ones. Mm. But I really like like the one you're describing where it clearly caters to some section or every section of that locality so you feel like you're getting some kind of snapshot mm. of lifestyles so i i like Morley's because it's very i don't know i mean it's it's the same that it, there's still haberdashery there's still the kitchen staff there's still beauty and it it feels it feels very local even though it's in a really busy city location but it feels particular to Brixton don't you think mm, definitely mm. Um, and as I, I mean I've told you before how much I love the window displays yes. they sometimes do which are just so characteristic and funny and I like also that it has I really like um, like you walk in and there's there's like a top shop area and different sort of branded areas and the beauty area. But then if you walk downstairs, there's old photographs of like Brixton history and linking more list to Brixton history. And I really love that. I love that when there's that sense of how shops connect with a place. Because there's also, I mean, it's not, it's not, a department store anymore but there's still some of the signage for Bon Marché mm. in Brixton which again I really love the, the sort of sense of, of like the layers of history in a place mm. and I think it was one of the first department stores in this country I think, I think so I too might. yeah I think so too and it's really interesting that that was in Brixton because Brixton isn't necessarily where you would think mm. it would that would be but it was really like somewhere that kind of 
you know, the middle classes would live and, like, clerks who worked in London banks and things would live. Mm. So it makes perfect sense to have a department store there. And it's just lovely that that's... The building is still there, even if we don't have the the shop. Yeah, I wonder who owns it now, whether it is a family. Um, because the one in my hometown, that is definitely... You mean Morley's? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Mm. I don't know who owns it. Yeah, be interesting. The yeah. other one I've been thinking about was when I used to work near Oxford Street, Oxford Circus. Uh, mm. I used to go to one called, there was a Dickens and Jones. It was oh, on yes, Regent was... Street. Yes. And I, I used to love going there because it was always quite empty. So I guess that didn't bode well. Um, <laughs> all the All the years I went there, I don't think I ever really saw it very full. Um, and they had a really nice footwear department. I think that's why I often went there. And but mainly because it was quite relaxed. I think that's what I find. Dif- what I don't like so much about department stores that it, some of them can be quite full on. Um, they can, and and I think, yeah, I think the ones that have a real connection to the locality do feel more relaxed because they're more about sort of browsing. In, in a sort of relaxed manner rather than a kind of rushing in, getting this, that and the other and then rushing out, which I think some of the ones on Oxford Street um, seem more like. I'm just looking at Morley's mm. and it says it opened in the centre of Brixton in 1880. Oh, wow. Um, back then it was Morley and Lansley. Oh. And na- it's, it was renamed Morley's in 1927. Oh, so why do we think mm. of why? What, because I'm I'm quite sure when I was there it was Bon Marché. Um, no, Bon Marché is a separate one. Oh, bon it's a separate is, one. Ah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. No, I I've never known Bon Marché be open. Mm. Mm. Oh, okay. In, it, that's before. Like I've lived here eighteen years, so it's mm. I don't know when that shut. But yeah, there's Morley's, and then like past under the mm-hmm. under the railway bridge. Down there, there's the remnants of Bon Marché. Oh, okay. So there would have been two... That's pretty amazing. Yeah. There would have been two department mm. stores in the not very big high street. Yeah. But I guess that's the thing, that there was such a proliferation of them in the 19th century and there was a real sort of novelty and excitement around department stores, which there really isn't now. No, I think... I remember in the 90s there was a whole series on BBC which I used to um, show for teaching it was all about lifestyle shopping which was a big Mm. thing then and I think quite a few then I mean most notably I guess Selfridges um, reinvented themselves although what is interesting I always think is that's how it started it was all about stunts and um, you know having interesting things happening in the shop but they sort of reinvented themselves and so that there was a lot of stuff happening but I almost don't for me that's not doesn't really work that well but um I mean I feel like like I do enjoy going to the the kind of really big name ones like Selfridges and Harry Nichols I do enjoy going to those but I feel like they're almost more for tourists or people who live in those areas mm. Or, yeah. or like they're kind of a destination, like if you live outside London, because obviously I come from outside London originally, mm. and it was a, it was really exciting to go and go to Harvey Nichols because you'd heard of it, 
Mm. And you were kind of wanting that idea because it is like it's an idea of a particular kind of London as well as a particular kind of fashion or whatever it is you're interested in seeing as well, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I guess um, all these different amazing things all in one place. Yes. Because mm. liberty is the same, isn't it? It's like yes. this sort of iconic notion of bohemian, mm. sort of upper class bohemian London. And also craft. Which, yes, of course. Which they're so good at now at at sort of promoting. Mm. I think they've they've done so amazingly well at also not reinventing is not the right word, but I think how they engage Evolving. Yeah, and how they engage people and with their they've got podcasts and all these events. Yeah. And I that's think, true. Mm. Because I suppose it's like I and the other thing that, that when I was a little girl, like my mum would take me up to London near Christmas and going to see the Christmas windows oh, was such yes. a big destination mm. thing. And I, I do really love really great shop windows That's particularly true. department stores at once where it's just one after another after another and you're just it's just so dreamy and about your imagination and fantasy and and capitalism it's just <laughs> buying you into capitalism yeah. capitalism but it's a beautiful vision no that's true i'd forgotten about shop that that is really one reason i would definitely still go i also always used to enjoy uh john lewis because they always looked a bit like east german shopping clothes oh. <laughs> i don't know what the, they were all so yeah so some ways it was sort of very very minimal i guess is another word you well could it's use. very kind of i feel like it's it's very sort of sensible and no nonsense yeah i always feel like you know like mrs miniver would have gone and shopped at John Lewis and felt a bit, you know, more relief there than at some other department stores where she got all flustered and, mm. you know, got caught in the doors with too many bags. <laughs> you know, I do actually like Peter Jones yeah. as well because that, it's just, I mean, the building is really amazing mm. and that, I suppose that's the other thing that some of them are in really historical, amazing buildings. Yeah. But I like that because it's just so Chelsea. It's just so... Yeah. You know, it's in Sloan Square and you see, I, I always enjoy seeing elderly Chelsea ladies who you feel have been shopping there for hundreds of years going in there and it's kind of... And it's organised, it's still organised in an interesting way, isn't it? You don't it have is. the cosmetic sounds to, uh, when you come in. That's true. Mm, they're still true. upstairs, I think. Yeah, yeah, they are. And the way that, that there is a kind of geography to those kind of stores that... That, that like the ones on Oxford Street it's always you walk into beauty mm. whereas Peter Jones you walk into sort of homewares yes. don't you mm. and then downstairs it's always the kitchen yes. things and then you kind of get more glamorous further up yeah although I have to say I never go to the fashion bits of those stores yeah, I would not necessarily with Peter Jones. Is with Fortnum and Mason, I was amazed that there was one. I think I was living here for years and didn't even realize. I thought yes. it, I thought it was just about the ground floor. Although we have some, well, the, we have some amazing stuff at the museum. I I think I showed you once. We have the most beautiful skiing outfit from yes. thirty skiing outfit from Fortnum and Mason. We've got I mean, quite for, a few things. They have amazing things, and they they have an amazing archivist who I've met a few times and my students went there to visit their archive oh, and yeah. she's just she's just amazing she's su such good fun um 
but it is it is just but again it's like an incredible institution that represents such a long history of London kind of society and social life doesn't it yeah and and even like the way that the the font the FNM font and mm. the color and just everything is so evocative I remember speaking to a friend a British friend who'd moved to New York and we were both just saying we feel like if Fortnum and Mason closed like Britain would sink into the sea it's like it's so integral to an idea of London that's true mm. and Again, amazing shop windows. It also, it kind of reminds me of the food section of Bon Marché in Paris. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is so amazing because it just feels like this world that's been created to just seduce you, that it's all these kind of beautifully wrapped, beautifully displayed things. And because it's it, it's like it makes you feel like you can afford anything in the shop mm. because it because there's like little things that look so Fortnum and Masony or so That's Bon Marche that you kind of think, oh, I could afford these beautiful chocolates. So I'm part of this world, mm. even though you perhaps couldn't if you got further into the store. Yeah, it's just the chocolates. Yes, that's the only thing. Yeah, I could the, get. <laughs> or a small, small bag of tea, maybe. Yes, mm. in a beautiful tin. But then, but then, it's like it's somewhere that you would go. Like I often buy friends from abroad. I buy them something from Fortnum and Mason because because it evokes that idea of London and because the little tea tins are so beautiful. You kind of think, well, even you know they they can keep that and that becomes part of their little group of souvenirs and beautiful things yeah and the color of the even the color of the bags and the tins are the same color is yeah it's so nice and you often see people carrying their tote bags around or the hampers you're reusing the hampers that's true for a while people were always carrying was it the macy's little brown bag is it macy's? oh yeah bloomingdale's bloomingdale's I see i should know that i don't think i've ever been to a department store in the u.s Oh, you have, you have, because we went to Nordstrom when we were in Richmond, Virginia. That's true, we did, yes. That's I remember true. us just buying very cheap sunglasses. That's true, <laughs> but that's the only one. So what a, you that's must have funny. been to the New York Yeah, I've ones. been to a lot. I mean, the one, I probably, oh, which do I like best? I don't know. I mean, I have to say that I was very disappointed when I went to Lord & Taylor because, because I'd studied like 30s and 40s fashion in so much detail, and, you know, I'd read about... Dorothy Shaver, the you know the female vice president, and how she brought over stuff from um, the Art Deco exhibition in France, and how she you know launched the American designers and had all these windows. I was like imagining I would go in and it would be like that. You know, mm. I was like thinking I'm going into this place in 1936, which would have been incredible. <laughs> and I went in and I thought, oh my word, this is the most boring shop ever because. Like, obviously, it's very, very grand, and it's huge, but I feel like it's targeted at, can I say, a sort of conservative older audience mm -hmm. who is not fashion-forward. And the thing that I did find fascinating, though, was on the, the clothing floors, that it was still, as in the time I was studying, it was still organised by category. So, like, the jackets were together, the shirts were together, the dresses were together which was really extraordinary oh, because I hadn't seen that in a in a department store yeah. before. And it really made me think about, you know, I think I'm trying to remember because it was ages ago that I went, but 
like I think there was maybe like a Ralph Lauren polo a little section Mm. but otherwise and you thought this is so extraordinary because it's very visually boring it's very sort of rational that but it's assuming yeah it's like assuming that that you're going in already knowing you need a a blouse or whatever Mm. Rather than that kind of, which I guess is is sort of thirties, forties sportswear. That was one of the things that it really had the advantage of, that like McArdle and sort of sportswear designers would put together the whole range, mm. so you could merchandise and encourage people to buy a whole outfit or to think about how you build a wardrobe. But it was very weird to see that, so I found that quite strange. I did, I did like. Um, bandles when that was in the olden days it got kind of went off more recently but that was very kind of shishi and fun little sections which I liked um, Bloomingdale's I didn't like that much I didn't find it particularly exciting mm. I mean Barney's is wonderful but in a way Barney's is more like a specialty store because I've always been fascinated in America I don't know if they still use that term but certainly like my period 30s 40s a specialty store is somewhere that was like it's like a department store but it's all fashion do you see what I mean oh really yeah so there was like Peck and Peck which was all fashion and it was a specialty store so it would have different kinds of fashion but it was you know bigger than like one brand or whatever but and it doesn't and, like, have on like, several floors it doesn't have homeware and no, Stuff exactly. Like mm. it's, it's like a big store, but just one focus. I guess a bit like Phoenix, in a way. They don't really have much else beyond They don't have beauty. much else, do yeah. they? They have mm. sort of gifts and things yeah. and stationery, but not very much. Or like Lily Whites, which is all sportswear. Oh, yeah. Mm, true. No, I mean, and I do, like, you would know much better than me, but I do, I do find it, as a big nerd, I find it very exciting when you realise you're looking at a very grand building and then you realise that it used to be Marshall and Snell Grove or one yeah. of these other ghost department stores that you kind of read about in old magazines. Yeah, Swan and Edgar was... on Piccadilly Circus, um, which then oh, became the Virgin. That? It was the vir- a big Virgin store at some point. Oh, the one right... Yeah. Wow, imagine that being a department store. Yeah. That would be so amazing. Mm, yeah. No, I'd love... I'd some point i need to pick that up again i i wanted to do i wanted to propose maybe i did even propose an exhibition about department stores at the museum be fascinating. because we have we have a lot of oh, whiteleys whiteleys again i think yes. that i still i still encountered that as a department store i did because when i was a student i worked in the books etc very briefly because i was very naughty and just messed about i worked on like the graveyard shift from i don't know like six till ten or something that was in whiteley's it had become more like a shopping mall than Mm. a department store um but you could see you know you could see this the idea of it you know you could you got the sense of it Mm. yeah we have a funny sign that someone gave to us which was outside and i think it must have been near where the staff went in and out and it's something about no whistling Um, (laughs) <laughs> it's a really funny sign. Um, That's so good that you actually had to tell people. Just yeah. none of that, thank you. Yeah, and I love a what, genteel establishment. What is that film? It's about a department store in the fifties, and um, they all—it's uh, one day in the department store. It's near Christmas. It's a sort of love story as well, but all the. Uh, 
it's born in Hollingsworth. That's the actual department store where it was right. formed. And at some point, they go up and down an escalator or lift, and the sign quickly flashes up. But actually, uh, in the film, it's another, it's another right. department store, and all the unmarried women and the men, but they live in dorms nearby. Oh, how interesting! Yeah, and and then I think once you're married, you as a woman, I think you just you couldn't even. I might have got that wrong. Well, you but probably I, couldn't even work. I think there, so. Of... I think that's what yeah. it's it's like. But um, yeah, it's a, it's some sort of love story, but also about yeah various other things but I just thought that was so interesting oh I, I really want you to do an exhibition because there's so many films where department stores play a role that's true and there's so many documentary films as well as mm. department stores but it but it's interesting like 19th century they were quite paternalistic and and it was like you were going in like going back to the idea of calf house because it was like you were going into service to the department store Mm. because you would live in you would have a uniform your life was really regulated you know later on they and they were a bit more enlightened they would have you know like exercise classes and things so it was like your whole if you worked there your whole life was and canteens i think that was yeah so you would eat there as well yes Mm. yes there's a really oh um there's a wonderful french film from the 30s called bon marché i've got it on dvd i must lend it to you and it's also got the the dvd i've got has also got little um documentary clips of the of it and it's got them going and eating in the canteen as well but it's got one of the characters it's like based on um, the Ladies' Paradise, the mm. Zola book, which is amazing as well. Mm. So many amazing links. But it's um, so the woman goes to work there, but she works as a model in there. So you see, like oh. them back, the models backstage, and then them doing like you were saying about the events that enliven and kind yeah, of used entice to people in. There's yeah, having fashion shows and things. Yeah. I mean, in America, they still have what they call trunk shows, don't yeah. they? Where like designers bring their things, and mm. I mean, because it's such a huge place, it, and I think also because selling, even now in America, there's it's so kind of unabashed, which can be quite refreshing sometimes, yes. or can go the other direction. Um, but it it's really, I think, in America, there was so much greater understanding of how you have to connect with your customer and really listen to your customer. Because mm. um, when I was um, researching the American look, I read a lot of things where it was, you know, someone. It was almost like part of your job if you were the buyer or or whoever to talk to your to the women on the shop floor and then get them to talk to the customers and then feed that back to the manufacturers and oh. say, you know, we don't really, you know, these aren't working for women. So can you think of something else? You know, th- there's so much greater. I don't know. It seems much more organic. Yeah, the, that the makes... sort of links between the different areas of a department store and kind of connecting it. That makes a lot of sense. I I I read or heard somewhere as well that Mary Quant, for instance, when they when she closed her stores, that she didn't really want to do that. They had to do it for various reasons, but because she that was her connection with her customer. And so she would find out what people liked oh, and didn't like, and she didn't. I mean, I know it's not a department store, but just yeah. It, no, but it but it's really important, isn't it? And I think it's something that often gets forgotten when you're writing about fashion. But it it's so sort of integral. I mean, I suppose the other side that's really important is all the kind of infrastructure because they're just such big yes places, and that's another place that America really 
led the way and like Europeans would go over there to learn like Marks the Marks and Spencer's founders went over to like Marshall Field in Chicago I think oh really to be mm. to be taught about like like how much to buy when to put things on sale how to manage stuff you know all of that has to be considered because it's such a big machine that has to be running smoothly so it doesn't seem like it is a mm. huge machine going on mm. i also another thing i think is interesting is how there's always like little hidden departments in the ceiling of these places you know there's like maybe the bridal registry is often up at the top or there's like i don't know like you know i was just thinking of peter jones you know the the, the cafe at the top and then there's like financing schemes and things are all up there That's as well true. so it seems more kind of I don't know, practical areas. Yeah, I mean, Dickens and Jones, That now that you say that, they had a bridal department. I now remember it. It was near, bizarrely, I think it was near the bed linen. You had to get go through the bed linen <laughs> area. But it was almost, again, it was almost hidden. And then I think they, they definitely, I guess, would have altered things for you. I sort of vaguely remember there being chairs and I have yes. no idea what, what I did in there um I must have strayed from the bed linen um but I I do remember it was it was um not massive but also yeah quite quite hidden away that's true and sometimes yeah. some places I'm not sure how many do that now but at, in the past I think sometimes during Christmas you could have your things wrapped yes um, I've always thought I should get a job wrapping presents oh yes no, that because would I just be so love good. doing it so much. Mm, that I, I, I would be I really want, happy doing that. I once applied for a job doing that, but I didn't get it. It was just so annoying. But I, I just fools. You're the best rapper. Oh, These people thank are fools. You. But I think they didn't. If there wasn't a test, there was just an interview. They should have the... given you a test, then they'd yeah. have seen you're the queen, and, <laughs> and they'd have just given you the whole department. Yeah. I mean, another thing that's really interesting is how just when you saying about bridal sections, um. I remember going with with my friend when she was wanting to buy a bride's a, a bride's dress, wanting to buy a wedding mm -hmm. dress, to Liberty, and it's really interesting how they use kind of sensory cues that you don't even realise really of like changing the lighting, changing the flooring, changing the colours, so you realise you're entering another realm. Because I remember we were really put off because she was she's very tomboyish. She's not a kind of big meringue dress kind of girl, mm. and. We walked in and suddenly we were on incredibly deep pile, yes. white carpet, and it was all really silent and reverential and big squishy chairs and have some champagne and and you know this is presented to you because it's wanting you to linger unlike other places that are brightly lit kind of music and sort of you know move through it fast and just pick up stuff. And I remember she was really like alienated by it because it was so not her. Um, so we did actually end up going to Peter Jones, no, not Peter Jones, Dickens and Jones, and we found this amazing, like, hammered silk O'Donnell evening dress that she wore as her wedding dress, which was beautiful and much more her, because actual bridal departments were just so specific that, that, that it didn't work for her. I'm pleased you say that, because one, the, my, my short impression of the Dickens and Jones uh, bridal department it looked it was small I don't think it was big mm. but it would it looked really good what, what well this had. was just in evening wear we found mm. ah, hers it wasn't okay. even in bridal, in bridal. wear because I mm. think it was like I think that's something that I forget because I've always loved buying fashion and going to fashion that I don't 
kind of think about is this intimidating is this weird is it's just like oh what are you showing me in here but it is really like certain stores like you said i think a minute ago are kind of intimidating or not welcoming to certain people harvey nicks i always feel out of place the few times i've been there i feel i just don't look right for harvey nicks um i don't know i'm just looking for the beauty whatever beauty product i'm i'm just very focused on that that's that's much better one last thing I've been thinking mm. about is I, the other thing I find interesting when they have um, like hairdressers or yes. um, I guess nail bars now are quite normal, but, but, but I think hair, hairdressers in department stores are interesting. I once had a fantastic, I went to Zazun staff training and there was someone who, who trained with Vidal Sassoon. And yes. he gave me the most fantastic bob, and he had wow. they, he'd been sent to start sort of re, sort of retrain or refresh at Zazun staff training, and he had been working in Harrods since you know the seventies or something. Wow! Um, and I thought that was so interesting. I just yes. wondered who who his clients were who would go to Harrods to have have their hair done. Well, yes, and and it kind of goes back to the original 19th century ones where it's the idea of of getting the customer to spend the whole day there. Mm. So when when they were talking about the whole House of Fraser thing, I sort of vaguely listened to something on the radio and someone said that they had to, again, I keep saying reinvent, but something had to change. And again, like you said, they had to think of the customer more. And then the person that, that was speaking didn't say they're doomed. They There's no place for them anymore. But I, I was just sort of wondering what what the future ones will be, what they what they have to do differently. But then I guess it's not that all of them are not doing well. Some do really well. It's true, but I suppose it, it is being more aware of the customer and of ch- changes of being online more, maybe. Mm. I don't know how you, I don't know, but making it somewhere that's a really pleasurable place to be and where you can see things that even if you go back and buy online, you would feel you wanted to buy from that department store because you'd had such a lovely time there. Mm. Oh, I guess in the past, or maybe still now, which in Lewis, that people just really trust their recommendations. That's true. Mm. Yes, yes, that you feel you're getting good quality things at the right price. Yeah, and good advice. Yes, yes. Well, well, I just think they're fascinating. Yeah, I think they're absolutely fascinating. And mm. long, long may they live, I think. I agree. I'm going to go to Morley's now. Okay, great. Okay. Okay. All right, well, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.